When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I've calmed down a bit. I just needed a minute. 877-337-6666. I just, I, I just don't get the arguments, man. I, the arguments aren't very good. That's that's the reason. They, like, they need a lot more than quarterback. Sure. Go get a lot more than quarterback. Who's stopping you? That number one pick has been a running back. Didn't help. That top pick has been Andrew Thomas. Has that helped the offensive line as good as he's been? Has he dramatically changed the offensive line? The pass, uh, the pick has been uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, a pass rusher. Looks like he's going to be a good player, but are the Giants like you know run? Uh, have the Giants become a great defensive team? Evan Neal was a top pick. How's that offensive line? Flowers was a top pick. How how did he help the offensive line? I mean, you use all these picks on different things. Like like that fix the problem. Like, oh, if only we took an offensive, we should take an offensive lineman there. That'll solve it. It's just as much a crapshoot as the quarterback, but at least the cra- the quarterback, if you're right, transforms your franchise. You were right on Andrew Thomas. It hasn't transformed anything. You were right, it looks like, hopefully, on Kayvon Thibodeau. What has it transformed? If you're right on the quarterback, it changes everything. Plain and simple. Nolan in Virginia. What's up, Nolan? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's, <laughs> what's up, buddy? Happy, happy Thanksgiving to y'all up there, man. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving man. to you. It sounds like you're having a wonderful Thanksgiving Eve oh, so far. Oh, man, I'm sitting in my car like you you, you were talking about. You did listening to your music. But I, yep. I was listening, listening to y'all tonight. Oh, well, thank but, you. Uh, yeah, man. I just uh, wanted to congratulate y'all on 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 this past weekend. Uh, y'all, yep. I thought we were going to win, man. The Commanders. Yeah, uh, I. Th- I, I mean, a- everyone thought you were going to win. You were favored by nine and a half points. <laughs> I know. I know. I listened to it earlier in the week before, but man, I. I you know, we got a lot of history up between uh, New York and and down, down here in Washington, man. Yeah. And unf- I mean, unfortunately know, for you, the recent history, even as bad as the Giants have been, has been terrible. So it could so always you, the be command worse. The commanders are the only team they beat. <laughs> it's crazy. I know, man. I mean, y'all handed us a I, – I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But, you know, that's where turnover, what turnovers will do for you. But, that's what turnovers but, will do for yeah. you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just want to congratulate you guys. Uh, it, oh, was, it was nice. To, it was nice to see uh, uh, John Riggins. Uh, they they showed him and his wife, you know, and it brought back memories uh, when he used to play for the Jets. Sure. And um, yeah, man. And so, yeah, Joe Theismann, you know, he was there. And uh, I was like, wow. Yeah, they all watched. Yeah. And thanks for the congratulations. We're all very excited about that victory. Woohoo! Thanks a lot. We were all. What a great day it was. Oh, I'll remember it forever. That victory against Washington, the DeVito start, the DeVito game of his life. Who will ever forget it? 
I mean, that'll go down as one of the great. If they had, if they had their own network uh, and they had Yankee classics, like they had Giant classics, that's clearly one instant classic. Beating up on the Commanders to go three and eight, but hey, Devito threw three touchdown passes. That should help Daniel Jones start next year. Great, Mario in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? Hey, how you doing, T Mac? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, 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 good. So I, it's funny when you are you're absolutely right. Everything you're saying, you know. Well, thank you. Quarterback and a hundred percent. What would you do uh, if if you say you pick like? five or six, and you want to get one of these two guys, would you trade up? Yes. You would? Yep. And, and well, uh, I don't if, remember. If Is Brian that... Dable and, excuse me, still shaking a cough. It's only been like six weeks. God. Um, anyway, um, if Dable and Shane are positive he's their guy, if they, if they go to ownership and go, listen, John, we love him. He's going to be the next superstar in this league. I know I can coach him. I know what he's capable of. This is the guy that's going to transform the franchise. Then yes, you have to go do it. Question: if, Can they if, use them? If they, I'm sorry. Let me just finish. If they only like him, if they think he's okay, like no, they have to absolutely love him to trade up to get him. But if they do, then absolutely, I'd move heaven and earth to get the quarterback. Okay. Question: Do they the number two pick for Leonard Williams that this year in this draft coming up or the one after? I believe it's in this one coming up. They have two picks. They All right, two. so they could use that. They could use that to trade up. That's why I wanted another draft pick. I wanted to trade Saquon Barkley for a draft pick in case they needed to trade up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm open to anything. I'm open to, and now you have multiple picks to stock here. Well, you got two, you got two second round picks. Maybe you can get an offensive lineman there too to help build this offensive line. Like you know, I, I don't understand. Like we're not just because you draft the quarterback doesn't mean you're done building a team. People act like it's one or the other. You get a, it's 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 get a quarterback and run it back with the same crappy team. They're going to try and build it. Uh, you know, it's it's. But yeah, they could use picks to tra- trade up. They can use picks uh, just to to bolster their roster. Like you know, there's uh, they're building a team. It's not one or the other. Matt in Morristown, what's up, Matt? Hey, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm the Eagles fan. They called it a few weeks ago, but anyway. Uh... Yeah, I just want to say um, you were talking about uh, what is it? Um, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers uh, coming back. Yes, and I didn't hear what you said after that. Your take, yeah. but yeah, well, listen, uh, yeah, uh, Buckhead, I'll, you could talk, and then I'll, I'll give my take. It's a good time okay, for it. Okay. What do you think? Should he come back? No. Whether I mean, you're an Eagles fan, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm. An, I'm just as an outsider's perspective. I, I enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers' game. Yes, all my career. At my, at, you know, I'm 37, so. I've watched him his entire career, and I'm, I'm a big fan of his personally. And I just think that, uh, you know, if you, it's kind of Captain Obvious if you guys are out of contention. I mean, unless he's fully medically cleared by a doctor and he really wants well, to come back, I guess you could do that. But yeah, I, if you're in contention, he's got to be fully cleared, you know? No, well, either way, and thank you for the call, Matt. No matter what the case may be, he's got to be fully cleared to come play. Here's, here's the question, and Evan post, posed it today. And honestly, I don't understand Evan's thought process here. Um, the idea is that in Evan's estimation, I guess in Joe Beningo's and some people's, I don't know, <clears throat> that Rogers should come back and play if cleared, no matter what the situation. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers is hoping to be back at practice on December 2nd, and all reports are that he's hoping to play the commander's game on Christmas Eve. Like, that's the thought process. Back for the second 
playing on the 24th. Now, obviously, he has to be medically cleared or he's not doing any of that. But if the Jets are out of it, if the Jets haven't won a game since, why on earth would you bring him back and rush him back to play him? Now, I guess the thought is if he's cleared, he's cleared. But I don't I don't think that's the same thing. There's no way he won't be even stronger. And uh, there's got to – if he's cleared to play, yes, he's cleared to play, he's okay. But you can't tell me that there's not, there's not more of an injury concern rushing him back this year and doing something no one's ever done as opposed to taking your time with it and just coming back next year. Now, if they're chasing a championship, it's worth the risk. Because you put you determine that this is a three year window to win a championship, and if if they're in contention and they can win some games down the stretch and get in, and he's medically cleared, then you play him. But if they're out of it, why on earth would you bring him back? And Evan's point is to get answers, which I just don't understand at all. I guess the thought process is well, if he gets if he gets hurt, then I know how to proceed for next year, which is just. So what you want him to get hurt? Just to get, just to have an answer? You do have an answer. He's the quarterback next year. There is like you want clarity. Right? That was that was Evan's point. He wants clarity on the situation. So if he plays and he's great, I guess I have clarity that he's the guy next year and we're all excited about it. If he plays and he gets hurt, well now I've got clarity and I know the run is over. Why would I want to risk Taking, we all know he's a great quarterback. You have clarity. If he doesn't play again this year, he's your quarterback next season. That's the plan. That's what we've all been geared towards. He's the quarterback next year. Why on earth do you want to bring him back to see if he can get hurt? Like as if getting hurt at the last two games of this season for meaningless games is the same likelihood of getting hurt at the start of next year. I don't believe that to be true. I think he's much more likely to get hurt rushing back, trying to accomplish returning from this injury faster than anyone in history, as opposed to taking his time and see you in September. It's almost like, well, I want to know if he's going to get hurt again. Let me go out there and run him around and see if it happens. Why would I want to do that? Come back next year with a better backup quarterback who literally gives you a chance if Rodgers goes down, because there's a good chance, even if it's not an Achilles, he goes down for a short time. But I'm not risking him for no reason, just in hopes I have an answer. You have an answer. He's your quarterback, plain and simple. You signed him to a contract. He maneuvered money. He's your guy. Why on earth would you still want to play him and risk more injury? There's no, like, if I guess if a doctor told me this thing is completely healed, He's just as likely to hurt it today as he is giving it six more months of rest. Then, okay, I guess. I I find that very hard to believe. Considering everything he's done, to have a full offseason of taking it slow and building this thing up and building up every other muscle and just taking care of yourself for a full offseason, there's no way that he wouldn't be in better shape or more likely to stay healthy just starting next year than playing now. You take the risk if it's worth winning. Otherwise, you don't take the risk. He's your guy. He's going to be your guy. Hell, if he tears the ham, if he tears it again, he has the surgeries back in six months. He's, you know, like he'll be back midseason next year. Like I don't get it. I don't understand any of this. They're not moving away from Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the. I, I love Evan. 
I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand that thought process at all. I don't understand it at all. You're looking for fail. You're looking for closure on the failure. You're playing him. There's only there's no benefit to it. There's only to see if there's a failure. That is a that is a failure mentality. Like, let me throw him out there, and then if he gets hurt, at least I know now, and I can have an off season to plan for my new quarterback. There's no way he's more he's he's got to be more likely to stay healthy if he stays. Like I just don't get it. David in Old Bridge, what's up Dave? Hi. Hi. Uh thanks for taking my call. Uh, I wanted to address the comment Tom Brady said the other day yes on the Stephen A Smith show. Yes. About the NFL being mediocre? Yes. Yes, well I think he is a thousand percent correct on this mm-hmm. the NFL is definitely mediocre because there's not enough veterans and there's not enough good matchups if you think Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts is, is the best matchup to look forward to what's what's the next quarterback to look forward to there's too many rookies too many young guys playing what are your thoughts on maybe changing um, the, the format of having more veterans in the league um, I don't know how you do that necessarily um. Yeah, listen, I, I understand, especially at the quarterback position, because people are trying to get the next young quarterback. But I, I, I don't know if the if it's if it's a lesser product because of that necessarily. I think look, they don't practice as much. They don't practice hitting as much early on in the season, especially. They don't. The training camps aren't nearly as um, strenuous, and so they don't come out of the gate as well prepared. Um, I don't know if the product is far worse than all the things he said, like coaching and I, I, I just think that's, I think it's an easy thing to say, quite honestly, like you agree. I don't think there's many people going to disagree with it because everybody does. Every, everybody agrees there. The previous era is better than the current one. Everybody. In, in every sport, in every sport. I don't think you'll say, I don't think there'll be, I, I'd be very hard pressed to find a caller or a person over 25, 30 years old who will tell me any current sport is better than it used to be. I guess there's possibly a few who love the three-point shooting and fast-paced nature of the NBA compared to the 90s, but I think even most people will tell you they love 90s basketball better and the Jordan era and the Bird and Magic era as opposed to today's game. Baseball for sure. Everyone likes baseball the way it used to be. You harken back to an old time when things were simpler and the games were better. But it's not always that case. I agree, though. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just a matter of too many rookies. I think they don't work hard enough. I don't think they, 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 they hit well enough. And I think the game is, is refereed and regulated as, I think that was as, as good a comment as Brady said. We, instead of trying to prevent injuries, we're trying to regulate them. And that doesn't work. And too many flags. To every play, you wait for the flag. Every play. Every single pa- incomplete pass, a wide receiver will throw up his hands and you wait for the flag. Every single play. I think that has a lot more to do with it. And you're seeing that the quarterback position is now so important and so vital. And the way they play the game in the pass game, they don't have, um, you know, the run Jim Brown and, and Walter Payton and guys who dominated their league and Barry Sanders. 
Like, it doesn't happen. The quarterback is too important, and it's such a hard position to play that if someone goes down, like, you don't have, to bring up Phil Sims again, you don't have a lot of Jeff Hostetlers who can come in and still win because it's a hard position to play. It's as hard as it's ever been. It's as easy in some ways and as difficult in some ways of of it's easy to make the completion and, and it's easy to get a guy open and, you know, the 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 cornerbacks are hardly able to touch you and you get pass interference and, and roughing the passer. And so things like that make it a little easier to play quarterback. But at the same time, it's the entire team. And the offense is completely, you know, I just... And and you're realizing that it's impossible to te- for teams with the salary with the salary cap to have two capable quarterbacks on the roster. It's very difficult. So I think it's the quarterback play mainly in the NFL. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. We come back. A little bit of baseball and why I believe after what I heard out of San Diego that Juan Soto will be traded. We'll get to that audio from the general manager of the San Diego Padres. 877- 337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Larry Johnson and Morning are swinging on the baseline, and Morning right now is being held by Jeff Van Gundy. Van Gundy holding on to his foot, and this is amazing. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Let's go on this Wednesday morning. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a great holiday. Maybe we'll get into, you know, my take on Thanksgiving. It's a little biased. We'll get into it. Christmas Eve dinner is so much better. 877-337-6666. But let's talk a little baseball for a second. We'll get back to the calls. Uh, We'll continue to take your Jet and football calls, no doubt. We're just going to talk briefly here on the Yankees. Uh, because obviously this offseason is a big one for the New York Yankees. We've talked about it. We know what they need to do. They have a uh, a fan crisis right now. The fan base doesn't believe in them right now. They don't believe Hal cares. They don't think he's willing to spend money. They They think Cashman's a boob and an idiot. And right now they think the team is deeply, deeply flawed. And I think a lot of fans are worried that if this offseason isn't a big one, they're in the middle of spiraling into a, uh, a, a an era of losing baseball for the New York Yankees. And obviously the big name out there has been Juan Soto. Uh, Juan Soto is a perfect fit for what the Yankees need. He's not the best base runner. I know that's kind of come out as of late. Not the best base runner, not the best outfielder. But I think he's a serviceable enough outfielder, especially, you know, I... I, I compared to what he does offensively, but he's a brilliant offensive player. He's got one of the best eyes in baseball. You know how great he is. And he's a perfect fit as a left-handed hitter in this ballpark. And from the jump, really, there's been a lot of excitement about the possibility of getting him. I mean, everyone everyone is talking about they're, they're going to move him. Uh, there's been some pushback on that from some people, but the, the Yankees clearly are a, someone targeting Juan Soto. And... That means a couple things. One, it means they, they're they willing to move pieces, which they've been reluctant to do. And two, it means you have to be willing to at least entertain the contract for which of him is going to be $450 million easy. So 
both the Yankees are willing to deal with prospects and the Yankees are willing to give him a $400 million contract. Otherwise, you don't even engage in this. But he is the big crown jewel. There's Yamamoto in the free agency market, and he just got posted. And we'll see the battle between the Yankees and the Mets and obviously other teams, but it really feels like it could come down to those two teams. Um, And Steve Cohen's money versus the Yankees is the first time we've seen that. He chose not to go for Aaron Judge. They really haven't competed for the same kind of player. And for right now, both teams needing rotation up desperately and loving this player. And he's clearly the best player on the market at 25 years old. Uh, Yamamoto is an interesting case study. But right now, I think the Yankees, even more than Yamamoto, need the one bat. They need Juan Soto. That would be the move that would shut this fan base up, that would make them you know, remember who the Yankees are. Big move, big name, superstar player comes here. They will. They, it means I don't know if they will sign it, but it means they're open to it. So it means they're open to spending money. Like it just it would quell a lot of the issues the Yankees have. So the question is whether or not the Padres would trade him. Obviously, they just lost their owner, who passed away from uh, uh, cancer recently. And the thought was he was the one who was spending all this money in the market. He was the one chasing championships. And now I don't know what their feeling is, but everyone seems to think that Juan Soto could get moved. And they just recently hired a manager as um, uh, the previous manager uh, left. So they hired Mike Schilt, former Cardinals manager, was the manager of the Cardinals for a while, Um, took them to the playoffs before butting heads with the the front office there and, and forced to leave. But during this press conference, A.J. Preller, the GM, of the San Diego Padres made a comment when asked about Juan Soto, and you tell me what you think he's saying here between the lines. A.J. Preller at the press conference to uh, announce new manager uh, Mike Schlitt, or Schilt, excuse me, Mike Schilt, uh, but asked about Juan Soto. A couple weeks ago, Scott Boris mentioned that um, Juan Soto was in your plans for this upcoming season. Do you think that Juan Soto will be here next year, and do you expect him to be part of your plans for up- upcoming season? Yeah, I think you know, Juan Soto's, you know, a uh, player like that's always in your plans. You know, I think obviously that's, you know, the off season will, you know, we'll, we'll get to the next couple of weeks and, um, you know, continue conversations with, with Scott, Juan, and kind of get a sense of where he's at for, you know, what, what it means down the road for San Diego in terms of a contract, and then also, you know, we uh, we understand the value of Juan playing for us, you know, next year on a, on a contract year. So having his bat in the lineup is important. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're always in, from an off-season standpoint, you'll listen and we'll listen. But we, we think our position player team is very strong. Um, we'd like to keep that position player team together. Um, we also understand we've got to go out and add some pitching to the group that we currently have. So I think that's what the next few weeks will be about. Yeah, I don't know about you. I understand he said a lot about how he likes the player. They love their position group. Talking about a contract and moving forward and what that means for the San Diego Padres means we can't give you the contract you're looking for. That's what. That's how I took it. Like, we'll, we'll talk. We love you. But we can't give you the numbers you turned down in Washington, Juan Soto. We can't give you the numbers other teams may be willing to give you. If you want to stay here, we'll work with you on something. But we are too, we are hemorrhaged right now with too many different guys. They have big-time contracts for Manny Machado, no trade clause. Big contracts for Tatis, no trade clause. Big contract, 11-year deal. They gave Xander Bogarts. Hugh, Dar- Hugh Darvish, 
Like, they've got a ton of money and no pitchers, as he mentioned at the end, too. Like, he didn't sound excited or I'm – I took from that he's going to get traded. Whether it's in the offseason or whether it's at the trade deadline, they are not coming to terms with the contract, and they can't allow that to not be the case. So here's the the question. They are going to either trade him or sign him this offseason. Like, like I, I take from that that they love the player, but they realistically can't keep him. And they need pitching, and they need to fix a million other things. They borrowed $50 million to make payroll. Juan Soto's getting dealt. And I'll tell you right now, I've defended the New York Yankees at every chance I get. I'm going to bring up something else on the show today. Someone's attacking the New York Yankees. I'll defend them again later this morning. I'll defend the New York Yankees against a lot of people who say outrageous things. Like they're the worst franchise in the sport. Like, you know, people think and, and talk as if they're just absolute bums. They went 82 and 80 for the first time in like 30 years. So is there disappointment? Of course. Are they the worst run franchise in history? No. Is Brian Cashman an idiot? No, he's not. He's had a bad run, no doubt about it. So I'll defend them. But if Juan Soto is traded anywhere else but the New York Yankees, shame on them. And I'll I'll be absolutely beside myself. There is no excuse, none. You know where you are. You know the needs of your team. You know where you stand with your fans. You know where this franchise is. The the last time you had a season like this after 2011, you spent money on Tanaka. You went out there and put a big product forth. The last time you you had a miserable season in 08, you went out there and spent half a billion dollars. It is time to pony up. It is time to bring a superstar to this team. It is time to change the narrative around this team around the fan base, around the former players, apparently, Zach Britton. Like, it is time to change the narrative on what the Yankees are. And this is the perfect player to do it. If he gets traded anywhere else, if he is moved and he is not coming to the Bronx, the Yankees aren't the Yankees, plain and simple. And I'll have, I'll have to own to it. Now, if he's not traded, he's not traded. I, I, that I won't. If he's traded and moved somewhere else, if the San Francisco Giants trade for Juan Soto, if the New York Mets trade for Juan Soto, if Juan Soto is moved and it's not to the Bronx, the Yankees aren't the Yankees. Plain and simple. I'll finally I'll hop on board with everybody else and I'll scream and yell about how horribly run they are and how pathetic the ownership group is and Brian Cashman's a joke. I don't care what you have to give up. I don't care what you have to give up this side of Dominguez, and you won't have to. You have to bring Juan Soto here. Have to. Have to. And Yamamoto while you're at it. 877-337-6666. We'll do a little bit more baseball as we go through the show. A Korean outfielder who also fits the team like a glove has been talked about recently. And, of course, I just mentioned Zach Britton. We'll get to his comments as well. And for the Mets, hey, Lindor finally bought that car. A Bronco. Very nice. Andrew in Wilmington. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. You got it, buddy. Thank you for making it. Yeah, I just, I'm just i just been so disgusted with the way the Jets have been playing this past season. And they never got it right at quarterback. No. They never got it right. They allowed uh, – you can't – it was malpractice to go into the season with him. I was screaming about it then. I really was. I didn't want him to be the backup. I wanted him off the team. Made no sense. 
this idea of this long plan of him watching watching Aaron Rodgers and then suddenly coming out of the the other side playing like him like it never made any sense. And I just feel, Chris, I really feel that Robert Sala couldn't admit he got it wrong with Zach Wilson. He wanted to stick with him. He wanted to. He said, "This is our quarterback." After Aaron Rodgers went down, and it's like they yeah. didn't have a backup remedy plan. No, I see. Rodgers I disagree. Went... I disagree with you a little bit. I don't think it's so much Robert Sala. I think it's Joe Douglas, or maybe even higher than that. I, I think. I mean. Robert Sala on several occasions has slipped and given you a glimpse into what he actually thinks. And on the Michael yeah. when the, on the Michael K show, when asked why why uh, another quarterback isn't playing, whether it be Boyle or um, Semyon, he literally said, "That's a good question. I don't. I can't. I don't have an answer for you. I take the fifth. Like taking the fifth means I'm. I don't want to in, in, incriminate myself. Like he doesn't want to say something that's going to get him in trouble." Like I think inside the organization, he was told he has to play Zach Wilson. I firmly believe that. I think Salah would have made the move a bunch. Did you see Salah's face when he would go to Mike White? Remember that? that there's that famous audio where he's like giving Mike White the the sexy eyes on the sideline. Like I think he yeah, was. I, yeah. I, I I think he was more than willing to move on from Zach Wilson. I think inside the organization, Joe Douglas, maybe even higher than that, wanted Zach Wilson to play. I I don't understand why. Uh, I, I, I made no sense to me. All you did was tell him all year he wasn't going to have to play. And he, and he relaxed, and he was able to get better. Like, I think not playing was a relief. I think, honestly, not playing right now is a relief, Andrew. I think, I yeah. think Zach Wilson's relieved. Like, you listen to him talk. I understand what is he going to do, kill the team? He's been horrible. I get it. There is not an ounce of fight left in him. Like, he doesn't even sound like, listen, he, he barely sounds disappointed. It's almost just like... Thank God. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting killed. Like, I, like it's just, I, I honestly think he's relieved not to play anymore. And that's not to try and knock him as a, a competitor. or I think just the situation, he needs a clean slate. He needs a clean slate and a, and a better and different coaching. And, yeah, probably to go be a backup for a while and just take it all in. But this situation right now, with the pressure of the New York Jets, with the Aaron Rodgers situation hovering, with the defense playing as well as it did and the offense being as poor as it was, and the you know the players only meeting and the media buzz like I just think it was all so much that he just couldn't do it anymore and I think right now he's probably relieved. I would bet Zach Wilson is probably not too disappointed he's not playing right now. And I feel for him. I feel for him. Like I, I can criticize the player, but still respecting the person. I I don't know Zach Wilson from a hole in the wall. I'm sure he's a nice kid. And I know he's got talent. I don't I don't dislike Zach Wilson. I want the I want the Jets to be successful, and he's hampered that. So I criticize him because he's a professional athlete, and he's up for criticism. He's up for being critiqued. And amazingly enough, they pay me to do it. But I don't dislike him, and I feel bad for him because the the Jets put him in a situation that absolutely from the jump, like he was pro, he was the idea was he, the plan. You heard Aaron Rodgers talk about the plan. It was supposed to be his show. Zach Wilson was not supposed to play. And the idea that he was, he should have been the third-string quarterback where he is now the entire season. The entire season. He should have never been asked to play. They should have went out and got a comp, they should have got a competent backup quarterback. Had Zach Wilson be third, learning under Rodgers. He still works with Rodgers. He still practices with Rodgers. He does everything other than be the backup guy. 
And he, he, was, he had his feet up. He was ready to learn. And four plays in, he was thrusted into the situation, and he never got his footing. And they went way too long, and they didn't adjust. It's just it's, it's a master class on how not to handle your quarterback situation. Val in the Bronx. What's up, Val? Brother Mac, how you doing, sir? I'm, I'm sitting here talking to myself as I'm listening to you in these segments just now. You got me confused. I had I had an idea of what I wanted to say, and from the solo thing to what you just said about Zach, because I had the exact conversation with CeeLo last night. Okay. I missed you. Where what, what happened yesterday? You you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling all right. I had um, early this early yesterday morning. Uh, my son had his tonsils removed, so oh, I was oh. uh, I was I was I, I didn't want to be a zombie and and. I, I would oh, have had I to. You. I would have practically had to gone right from here, pick him up, take him to the hospital. We were there early in the morning, and I knew oh, I'd I just, and my wife is actually dealing with pneumonia right now. She's not feeling well. Smart decisions. Explain so no I, I just needed to be there for my family yesterday. But I'm back. Yeah, smart decisions. Explain no more. Thank you. you. Everybody's good though. Everyone's good. Yep. He's a. He's home, doing well. Good thing with the tonsils. A lot of ice cream in the house, right? Is that what they say? Yeah, ice cream, ice pops, soft foods for a while. Yeah. And hopefully he, you know, he's he was having, uh, you know, the it was causing him to be congested a lot and snoring at night and blocking his his, uh, his airway a little bit. So it was something that needed to be done. Strong kid. Hopefully he pulled through. He'd be he's right. perfectly He'd be fine. Good. He was already back to trying to wrestle with his brother when he got home. Okay. Okay. See, and now you toss me again. <laughs> like, but you want to talk about you, okay. uh, getting your tonsils I, removed? No, that's okay. Well, Let's go. Know, what do you want to talk about? I want to get into the Jets and some of that stuff with Brady. You got it. We got we got all day. You want to talk about the Jets? You want to talk about Juan Soto? You want to talk about the Yankees and yeah, Mets? Let's go. That, Bring it that on. Stuff that you, the stuff that you said about Soto earlier? Yeah. It, it, man, Chris, you couldn't have said it better, bro, and I feel exactly the same way you do. We need to make that move. Have to. I, we talked about that before, and I was even telling you. I heard somebody say, like, oh, we can't give up Bopi for that and all this stuff. Like, oh, man. Aren't Bopi and Soto and Peraz and all of them all around the same age anyway? Um, and, Volpe's like four so, years younger. No, I'm not. I don't think you have to give up Volpe. I'd give up Peraza. I think they're going to want pitching. You're going to have to but, give up but, pitching. But we we talked about that already. I mean, the fact that you have Peraza, if it is Volpe, then it's okay because you still have Peraza. So long as it's not both of them going and you're keeping one or the other. But, you know, I, I just like everything you said about that Soto stuff. And I also want that Yamamoto, too. I, I, I yeah. actually want both of them. Yamasoto. <laughs> Hashtag Yamasoto. Let's get it done. I, I'm with you. I think those are the two the I want. Every I can go funny, cheap everywhere else. I can go. Funny, good. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the we funny, can go cheap everywhere else. He likes uh, Jung Hoo Lee is a, a, a Korean outfielder. He's left-handed. Yep. He's left-handed. Like he's he's like apparently that. he's got elite ball uh, bat to ball skills. He doesn't have much power, but he's a young. He's 25 as well. He's young. He's fast. He's athletic. He only struck out 35 times last year. Now the yeah. competition in the Korean league is not the same as even in in Japan, but I mean everyone says like I you want to bring him on instead of Kiermaier to be that outfielder fourth outfielder when when um when the Martian comes back and see what he is I'm fine with that I don't have to go out and get Bellinger too it's me go. it's Yamamoto and it's and, and it's Soto and then I can go Let's, cheap everywhere yep. else I can go I can go cheap everywhere else and play young kids everywhere else but I want Let's those two. Let's lock our eyes on something. That's right. You you got it right. You said it perfectly. Let me get into my jet stuff. Yeah. You know, I was I was talking to CeeLo last night, and I said the same thing that you were saying, and I went even further because I, what my thing is, like I told him yesterday, 
we just don't understand contingencies because even beyond that, exactly what you said, we all thought that the season was, was going to start and Zach would have been number three sitting down watching and learning. And we were fine with that because we figured we'd have a bona fide backup. Mm-hmm. And then, but like I said, even after it happened, they should have been on something. You didn't do that. That's contingency two messed up. Okay, now you bring Simeon in the building and you have him and Boyle just sitting there. Like, what did you go get him for? Just to, to, to make us feel like you placated us and you got somebody in the building or you had to fill that third spot for a quarterback on your roster so you got somebody? No, you should have had them taking reps with the first team, like even just little reps in practice. Not all of the reps because Zach is the one that you're starting, but you should have been giving them some time with the first team so you could see what they look like in case something happened or even just to open up an opportunity. And that stuff that they were talking about with the Brady comments, you said something, and I agree with you perfectly. I think it's really that, as, and it's with all three games, all three games. I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say it exactly like fully with baseball because I like the idea of the pitch clock. I like the idea of like forcing the runners. And yeah, but the, to, yeah, but the yeah, but the pitch but clock, all, the pitch clock has been instituted to make it more like the game used to be. Like that's the whole point of the pitch clock. Exactly, exactly, but. All the sports, and especially with what's going on with football right now, I think that that mediocre thing that they're talking about is because they are, in fact, putting their hands on the game too much. He mentioned some names even, and those kind of guys couldn't even be superstars now because they've changed the game so much to the point where, like, you know, we're sitting, sitting down sometimes on a Sunday, you see a guy get a, a unnecessary roughness call, and you're like, what did he do? He just – all he did was his job. 100%. The players are out there, and they're like they, – they, they don't even know how to really go out there and have fun and play football because somebody is, is just constantly telling you, no, you can't hit him here. No, you can't touch him there. No, you know, like even the wide receivers, we don't have the guys that are like, you know, like you got credit for going yeah. across the middle and flying around and, and having somebody like a body like yeah. trying to knock you out. Right, no, and Tom like, Brady talked about that. Thank you for the call, Val. He, Tom Brady talked about it. I don't throw it and I didn't throw it in certain places because I didn't want to get my wide receivers killed. Like, there's part of it. Like, you have to, and I thought he made a great point. Like, I think that part of it was better than the coaching part. I don't necessarily think coaches are better or worse than they used to be. I really don't. I, I don't. I think the, the the idea that offense is no longer expected to be able to take care of themselves. That it's the, the idea of, oh, I don't throw it over the middle like that because I, I, I'm going to get my quarterback crushed. No, we want points. We want receptions. We want stats for fantasy football. So, no, don't kill the don't kill the wide receiver over the middle. Don't hit the quarterback because the backup quarterback now within the new era of in the new era of the salary cap, like it's almost impossible to to pay a quarterback that's good as the backup. Like so, we don't have we don't want backup quarterbacks to be terrible in this league. Like all those things, that's changed the game, and the penalties has changed the game as much as anything, if not more, than necessarily coaching or anything like that. Although I guess you could say they stopped coaching how offenses how to take care of themselves, but it's because it's penalized now, so you don't have to. Peter in Lawrence, New Jersey. What's up, Pete? Happy Thanksgiving, Chris. How are Happy you? Happy Thanksgiving, Peter. How are you? I'm good. How you been? I've been all right. I've been good. I'm, I love I'm in a my pretty good mood. at age four. Yeah, that's how old my son is. So, yeah. Uh, I, that, I Thankfully, I was able to keep them. My wife lost them, and both my children lost them. But I'm the only one with tonsils in the household. You're just fine. I, 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 I do I agree, just fine. I agree with you on Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. He could be the building block to bring the Yankees back to prominence. He's 25 years old. Like He's a Catfish superstar. Was you have to do it. In 75. Okay. I like it. And, 
I think they should go with that, Yamamoto. Yep. Steer clear of Bellinger because then you could have problems. But I would go full force to get yeah. Soto. And who who cares what they have to give up? They got enough in the farm system. Yeah, I, well, listen, I agree. Considering the contract you have to give them, considering it's a one-year rental, I don't think it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be a lot. It's Juan Soto. But I don't think you have to give up. I, I, I think I'm pretty confident you could stay away from Volpe and Dominguez. Like Everything else is up for grabs. I think it's going to be Clark Schmidt or Michael King and p- prospects. One one hitting and maybe one or two pitching. So it's King, two pitching prospects and a, and a hitting prospect. And none of them crazy. I, I do you have to go do you have to go Jones their top prospect in the system? Maybe. But if I do that then it's then I'm not giving up I'm not giving up much in the pitching. I'm giving up you know you know I, I'll do Clark Schmidt and my top prospect and one more one more piece. Like, I, and plus the money you have to give him, I don't think teams are that keen on trading a ton for one year of Juan Soto when you have to pay him. I don't know what the market is for Juan Soto. I think the Yankees are the main team. And, but I agree, they have to do whatever it takes to go get him. You have to. You have to go do whatever it takes. And and I agree with you on the Bellinger. Bellinger scares the hell out of me. Bellinger has had injury issues and just years of not being good. Years of having 600 OPS, like being awful. He was cut by the Dodgers. He won MVP, then he was released. I know he had a great year last year, but he's going to make a lot of money. And there's a lot. There's a, a prevailing thought on with Yankee fans and Yankee Twitter that the offense is so bad that you need that secondary bat. The pitching will take care of himself. Right now, the pitching rotation's in absolute flux. I have no idea where Rodon is. I, we have no idea what Nesta Cortez is. But you're losing Severino, like. You might you might lose King or um, Schmidt in the in the Soto trade. Like you need another starting pitcher. I want the young starting pitcher. I want the young hitter. I'll for I don't need like I, I know we hate the team in the offense and they haven't performed in the postseason. This miserable offense led the league in Amer- led the American League in run scored two years ago. Like I think Juan Soto is a massive upgrade. That helps this team. A healthy judge, a healthy Rizzo, hopefully a Stanton better than he's been the last year. Juan Soto and then Wells at catcher instead of Trevino or Higashioka. And, you know, and then someone else at third base besides Donaldson. Like, I think that offense is good enough to score runs. You got to pitch. You got to pitch. I, 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 if, you t- if you told me they're getting two guys, Soto and another one, I would much rather have it be Yamamoto than... Than Bellinger, I'd much rather have it be Yamamoto than Bellinger. I want the young twenty-five-year-old pitcher, and then I want the young twenty-five-year-old outfielder stud to go along with Cole and Judge. Right now, I have a window for championships because I have an MVP and I have a Cy Young, but they're on the wrong side of thirty. I don't know how many more years I have. I know they're under contract for a lot more years. And here's another thing: let me remind people of this. Cole does have an opt-out clause in his contract. But if the Yankees pick up a 10th-year option on his contract, he can't – it nullifies the, the opt-out clause. So if they go one more year with him, it nullifies the opt-out clause, which I'm telling you, if he pitches well, they're going to do because they can't have him opting out. So it's not even a real true opt-out because the Yankees can nix it by giving him another year. 
Cole's not going anywhere. Judge is here for the long term. I just don't know how long they're going to be Cy Young and MVP. Maybe another three, four years max. I think Judge maybe four or five years, but Cole, a pitcher already 33 years old, I don't know how many more years he has of being on top of his game. I love having the MVP and the Cy Young. I want the same thing. I want 25-year-old Soto and 25-year-old Yamamoto to keep that extended window open of having the stud top of the rotation and the stud middle of the lineup. That's what I want. I don't want to I don't want to pay 200 plus million dollars for a left-handed hitter that's had as many bad years as good years over the last four, 3 4 years like I don't know. He scares me. I'd rather I I I understand the pitcher hasn't thrown a a pitch in major league baseball, but still, I mean everything you hear is the guys that can't miss. And he's 25 years old. How often do you get a stud top of the rotation pitcher at 25 years old? They don't come around. That's what I'd rather do. To me that's the A plus Yankee offseason. Yamasoto. Go get it done, Hal. Go get it done, Cash. 877-337-6666. And Zach Britton had some things to say about the New York Yankees. And I'm sure most of you agree with it. We'll get into it on the other side. 877-337-6666. As obviously, as well as your calls, you're all lined up in a pretty little row. We'll get to you. McMonagle. Three hours down and on Midnight Ride, taking you all the way to 5 o'clock in the warm-up show right here on The Fan.